But the point being is it's whatever your you think your full potential is, you probably are just barely scratching the surface up to what you can achieve. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, it's my pleasure to be chatting with Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Ken's a two-time best-selling author, a speaker, the host of Mr. Biz Radio, an on-demand CFO who works with business owners to help them operate more profitably and more efficiently. He's a cash flow pro and a six-time world record holder for bench press in the drug-free powerlifting world. Ken, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, Jackie, thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. And that's a Appreciate the uh, the intro there. It's, it's, it's a varied career as I think back upon it. <laughs> it is indeed. And I'll be honest, I had to uh, Google you to figure out what you had the uh, held the world record uh, for. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> that was some, a, some pretty impressive uh, YouTube videos. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you probably found some some of those YouTube videos and they're... Uh, uh, they're they're out there a little bit. I'll say it's, it's kind of funny. Some people I'll start working with and they'll do the same thing and they'll... They'll send me a, the link to the YouTube video, one of the YouTube videos of me lifting, and they'll say, is this really you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was your, uh, the final record weight that you, uh, that you pressed? So the best I ever did from a, uh, a coefficient perspective, you know, body weight per weight lifted was um, I bench pressed 515 pounds at a body weight of 196 pounds. Wow. That's a... I won't tell you what I weigh, but I can't lift my weight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, in this podcast, what I'm aiming to do is help people realize that uh, there's more to life than working for 30 to 40 years and then retiring. Um, not only is there a lot to do before um, while you're doing while you're doing those working years, if you want to retire, but there's also a lot to do after retirement. And there's not really any need to think about it as the end of the road. So one of the things I usually ask my guests is to talk a little bit about making that transition between a a corporate nine to five kind of life and something else, and maybe Mm -hmm. to provide some insight based on your own experience with that sort of transition, or maybe with your what you've seen from your clients, if it's not your personal experience. So I wonder if you could uh, go through that a little bit, um, what you think is noteworthy in the transition. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And so I, gosh, back when I finished, um, I finished my master's degree and I told myself then I was working in the corporate world at, uh, at JP Morgan Chase at the time. And I told myself then, that I had two years to figure out. I always I had an entrepreneur mind and I knew that I, I wanted to sort of run my own business and do my own thing and not be a slave to the nine to five, as, as you say. And I, I told myself then I got two years. I'm going to figure it out within two years because I had to stay there for two years to not have to pay back what they had, you know, paid for my education, for my master's degree. So I'm like, okay, I'll, during these two years, I'll figure out what that looks like. Uh, it took me, uh, 
me see. From that point on, it took me nine years until I actually left the corporate world. Wow. Um, but I will say, in my defense, and slightly an excuse, I suppose, that during that two-year period where I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next and you know, beyond the nine to five is when the economic collapse occurred back in the you know, 2008, 2009 timeframe. And I was fortunate enough to be tapped on the shoulder to be able to do a lot of cool stuff. And so it was really exciting and um, got to do a lot of uh, interesting projects and, and be on the front lines of a lot of the cleanup with all of that. And so it was very rewarding. And so that kind of caused me to hit pause a little bit for, for a while. But, but the, the ultimate transition for me, um, I'm, very, I'm a very decisive person. I always have been. And so I had a discussion with my boss uh, up in New York City, up in uh, Midtown, and, um, where he told me that I was going to be, I was in the top 3% of people in the company, and I was going to be promoted into the top 1%. And at that same meeting with him, I also had for the second time in about a three or four month period, had a revenue producing idea that was shot down due to red tape, bureaucracy, some of the stereotypical big company things you hear about so often. And from that elevator ride from the 48th floor until I got down to you know, the bottom floor where I was leaving the building to go to a different building for my next meeting, during that elevator ride is when I decided that it's time. I'm leaving the corporate world. This, this, I, there's more for me to do. I can, and again, I had a, I had the inkling prior, as I mentioned, you know, I always kind of wanted to do that, but I'd never really come to the point where, okay, now's the time to do this. And literally during that elevator ride down, I said, that's it. I, I, I can contribute more. I can help more people. I can have a bigger impact. Um, and it, but it's not going to happen here. And in that, that second time in a three or four month period of having an idea shot down because of, you know, again, some of that red tape. Um, I said, gosh, it's just not going to happen here. Now keep in mind, Jackie, I had no idea what I was going to do next. No idea whatsoever, but I just knew there was something else out there for me that where I could make a better, better and bigger contribution um, overall. And so I decided I was going to leave during that elevator ride. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> and the elevator didn't get stuck partway down. You didn't uh, spend a few hours there thinking about it. No, no. Well, I will say, you know, there's a lot of stops on from 48 floors down. So there, there, there were quite a few stops, but we did not get, uh, you know, stopped for riders, not stopped for mechanical issues or anything like that. So it was, it was still relatively quick. Um, and, you know, telling my wife, I got to the airport in, uh, in LaGuardia that evening and called my wife and uh, I'm talking to her and I said, uh, you know, Mark is going to promote me to, uh, you know, top 1% of people. And my wife's a nurse, non-business person. She said, oh my gosh, you know, all your hard work, this is great. And uh, I said, and by the way, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and she said, oh, you've got to go. Your plane is taking off. You need to go down. I'm like, uh, I said, no, actually <laughs> I'm, I'm going to resign. And there was a, there was a pause and a silence. And the next word she said to me were, did you get to the airport early? Do you have a few drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but once I got home and explained it to her and, uh, and again, the same thing, my wife said, well, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying, but what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. And that's when the concerned look came back on her face because <laughs> I'm a planner as well. And so I think she just always, you know, just assumed that I, okay, well, I have a plan. So now I'm going to leave here and now I'm going to do, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And I didn't have that. Um, but I just knew there was something else and, and, and thankfully things have you know fallen into place uh, nicely and, I'll tell you, once I did make the transition, um, 
I was about, uh, I got my first client. I was about two weeks into that and I'm driving home from uh, my client's warehouse location. And it was just like the clouds parted and the sun, you know, the aha moment of this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I mean, I have no doubt whatsoever. Right now, this is why I'm on the earth is to do what I'm doing. Wow. That's, uh, that's amazing. So <laughs> when you did that, you, you know, walked away, you decided you weren't going to uh, work there anymore. What was the next step? What did you do? You, if you didn't have a plan in place, you can't just start marketing yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, so I literally went out. It's, it's kind of odd how it happened. Um, I had sort of some mentors, uh, career mentors. I wouldn't even, it's kind of even strong to call them a mentor, but folks within the JP Morgan Chase world that I would speak to career wise. And obviously now I was leaving that world. So now I have I'm essentially have no one, right? Yeah. Well, a friend of a friend uh, said, Hey, you need to go talk to this guy's dad um, to talk about, cause I was exploring like, what is next? What's next for me? So I went to talk to him, frankly, about possibly working for him. And uh, we were talking, it's the first time I'd ever met him. And we were talking for probably 20 minutes. And he said, you don't want to do this. He said, you're, you're way too smart. You'll be bored. Um, but I want to help you. And I said, okay. And you know, he was, uh, at the time, Sam was probably uh, 65, 67 years old, very successful businessman. And he said, I want to help you. He said, unfortunately, I'm out of time for the day, but set up some time with my assistant. I want you to come back here within a week or two. And you and I are going to sit down and we're going to figure this out. And I said, okay, sounds great. Um, again, because I was sort of, uh, you know, I had no paddle. I mean, I'm out in the boat and I have no paddle at this point. Because again, I had no, no, no mentors outside of the corporate world. And so I went back and we literally, it sounds really obvious now, but we went through an exercise of going through every position I had ever held in my career and any paid position I'd ever had. And he asked me three things you liked about it and three things you didn't like about it. And he started on the, on the left side of this giant uh, whiteboard and went from left to right, writing all these different positions and, you know, three plus three minus basically. And then when we got done, he went back and started circling all of the commonalities, all the common pluses and all the common minuses. And he said, okay, well, now we need to find you a role where you can do these three things and not have to do these three things. And I said, okay, great. What the heck is that? I have no idea. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I had no idea that what I do now was even a thing because I was so wrapped up in the, you know, the corporate world my entire career. I mean, I came straight out of college, my undergrad, right into the corporate world and had been there my entire career. So um, once he explained it to me, you know, hey, you, you can be a CFO for small businesses. And he said, be a CFO for, you know, six or eight businesses. And I said, well, my gosh, how do you do that? You know, being CFO for one business is a, you know, 60, 70 hour a week job. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 you help them on a fraction or a part-time basis. So you have a small business owner who's really good at the service or the products, you know, products they produce or the service they provide, but maybe need some help financially from a CFO or, you know, from an overall business perspective to help them run their business because they're really good at what they do, but they're not well-versed in the business world or in the, on the CFO financial side of things. And so they may need someone like you, but they don't need you full-time. It's not a full-time job. They're not large enough for that. And so once he explained it to me, logistically, it made a lot of sense. And I said, oh, okay, you know, give it a shot. Sounds great. Um, and so I went and talked to a company uh, local to me here in Columbus, Ohio, that had already been in business doing that for, for many, many years. 
and ended up going talking with the owner and I uh, was going to go work there. And the more I thought about it, it's just like same thing. I started to feel those corporate shackles <laughs> uh, coming out again. And I said, gosh, you know, I, I, so I asked him several questions like, well, what about this? And what about that? And finally, uh, in a nice way, but I think slightly frustrated, uh, he said, the owner said, you know what? You should probably just do this on your own. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> whoa, I must have really, I must have really irritated this guy. Um, and he said, no, no. He said, I could tell you're very entrepreneurial and you have a certain way you want to do things. And we don't do all the things you want to do the way you want to do them. So he said, I'll tell you what, you go out, do this on your own. If you need help, I'll help you. He said, there's plenty of fish in the sea and you know, stay in touch. And if it, try it for a year, if it doesn't work, come back and we'll work together. And you know, he and I get together once a quarter and have lunch. Um, he's very open with me about things. And there's been a few times where we've, our businesses have crossed paths, but uh, not much um, because again, there are, there are so many business owners out there that need that help. And so, and he's been a tremendous help to me. Um, so it's been, it's been a really good experience. Wow. So it sounds like uh, everything kind of worked out well for you. You had, you had someone to give you a little bit of mentoring to get you on the right path. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. But um, would you recommend that kind of uh, exit from the corporate world for uh, Joe Blow, who's uh, thinking of making a change? <laughs> uh, in hindsight, no. Uh, I would re definitely recommend a more, uh, more thought-out plan. Uh, and and I, it's funny, I actually uh, mentor some folks now that are, are in the process of transitioning from uh, you know, their 9-to-5 or, or we're in the planning stages of, of helping them exit from their 9-to-5. So we're going through those things. And some, you know, a big part of that is obviously financial, is you know, replacing that paycheck and having the realization that depending on what type of business you start or purchase or whatever it might be, that replacing your corporate income, if you've been in the corporate world for an extended period of time and had a successful career, you're probably you know, financially doing pretty well compensation-wise. So you know, realizing that you're not gonna be able to immediately replace that income. And maybe you don't need to, that's fine too, but you know, the planning that out because the last thing you want to do is, you know, take that leap and start to panic because financially it's just not working out. And then you have to, you know, sheepishly call back your old boss or, or <laughs> jump back into the corporate world. Um, and so I want to obviously with people I mentor, you know, stay away from that and make sure it's more well thought out. But, and, and I don't mean this in a, in an arrogant way whatsoever, but I know that in my history, you know, whether it be athletically with the lifting or, or, or things like that, I've been able to just, I know that I can figure things out. I know that my hard work, my consistent perseverance is going to help me get, get to where I need to get to. And so, um, and again, I don't say that in an arrogant way. I just mean, I, I had the confidence of knowing because I've, I've been down that road enough times in my life, whether again, be career or athletically or in my personal life, anything, I, I know that I've got the principles and I know I have that consistent perseverance to be able to, to, to make it work. I know that no one's going to outwork me. I'm going to do what it takes to be successful. And, uh, and I know that sounds, sounds like a bunch of cliches, but I just knew I had that confidence that I'll figure it out. Like I know I will. Um, and so, and I welcome that pressure. Um, and, and so honestly, looking back, I guess sort of thinking out loud, I may have done that sort of almost subconsciously on purpose um, because I enjoy that pressure. Um, you know, even athletically, I've always been the one that, you know, 
when I play basketball, at the end of the game, I want the ball. I want to shoot. I want to take the last shot. You know, I'm not the one saying, I'm going to pass. You take the shot, you know? Um, so I think I like that pressure. And I even think that that's it's part of the reason why I'm, I'm guilty of procrastination sometimes. I, I look back on things um, after the fact and say, gosh, you know, I get frustrated with myself. Like, why did you procrastinate that so long? And I think, honestly, that sometimes I do it just because I know that that time crunch, that pressure, like I want to feel that pressure. I don't want to, but subconsciously I think I want to. I want to feel that pressure. And I think I thrive in those situations. And so I think sometimes I probably at least subconsciously artificially create that situation to, to put the pressure on to, to allow me to be able to, you know, uh, you know, thrive in those types of situations. That's a reasonable kind of outlook. If you put that pressure on and you feel that pressure, then there's a little bit more of an achievement at the end. You can step back and say, you know, Hey, look, look what I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now in between, right. There's a lot of heartache and there's, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of questioning and things like that. But no, I think, you know, making that transition, having a plan is, is uh, the way I did it is, is definitely not what I would recommend. Um, <laughs> most people aren't uh, cut out for it or, or you know, uh, right. I don't know. I don't know what the right word might be, but you know, again, as I mentioned, it's kind of ironic that my decisiveness and my, my, my willingness to be a planner sort of just converge there and, and decisiveness won out over having a plan. <laughs> and as you said, maybe, uh, maybe there was a plan in there that you just weren't aware of. Yeah, true, true. Very true. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I always, you know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Ben Franklin, failing the plan is playing the fail. And yet here I was, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to resign from this, you know, lucrative corporate job. Um, with on, uh, kind of not necessarily right on a whim, but sort of on a whim. Um, but it just, you know, again, I went back uh, the next time I was back in, in New York, uh, which was about two to three weeks later. That's when I let my boss know, uh, Hey, I'm going to resign. Um, I, and I even told him, I was very honest. I said, I'm not sure what the heck I'm going to do next, but I just know. And I explained to him why I was resigning. And he said, no, I understand completely. And uh, I said, I'll stick around as long as you want. Um, because I, I don't even know what I'm going to do next. So, um, I, was there for another nine months um, doing various things and helping with the transition once he hired my replacement, things like that. But um, so I, it, it, it enabled me to sort of create a plan, I guess, during those nine months, which again, right. I wasn't planning on it, but um, it, it sort of worked out that way. And I think uh, in hindsight, that may have rescued me from my lack of plan <laughs> to begin with <laughs> by having that extra, you know, that extra time to sort of think things out a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So you, when you're helping uh, your clients, when you're um, mentoring them or coaching them a little bit, you, uh, you have a way of helping them reach their uh, potential in whatever area that they're going towards. Can you uh, talk a little bit about how you might do that for someone? Yeah. And it's funny. And I never really realized that I had sort of a, I don't want to call it a system is probably too formal, but of the way I approach things, like I had mentioned earlier, and I use this with, you know, my athletic career and I used it with all these different things that I've been able to, um, been fortunate enough to be, uh, a part of, you know, having some success with is as I sort of thought through the stop process, as I was mentoring someone, literally they, they said, gosh, you, you need to like write a book about this or you need to start, you know, I do a lot of, uh, keynote speaking and they said, do you talk about this? You I said, I've never talked about this publicly. And they said, Oh my gosh, you got to do this. And as I thought through it, it's like, you know, having the same 
sort of conversation of the process to be able to do that. And I, I it's like, I, I kind of do have this. And so of course you have to have an acronym so people remember. So it's called SMAC, S-M-A-C. <laughs> um, and really what the, the letters stand for, the S, it's really just a four-step process. But the, the first key, I think, is in any goal, again, this could be in, within your career, it could be your personal life, you want to improve your relationship with someone, um, it could be an athletic goal, is you have to learn, the mindset is important. And so that first step in my mind is starting with yes. You have to, in your mind, commit and start with yes. Whatever that is, that goal you want to accomplish and reaching that, you know, your full potential to reach that goal. Um, and, and one of the examples I always give is when I say full potential, I think most people, you know, if you did a poll of most people and said, hey, do you, do you reach your full potential? Most people are probably going to say they do. And the example I always give is, um, you know, when I, during my athletic career, um, you know, when I, when I, and I do now speak about this on a keynote basis is <laughs> this exact topic is, you know, I'll ask folks, who here has been on a diet and you've um, lost at least 10 pounds on a diet? Well, of course, almost everyone raises their hand, right? Right. And I say, okay, well, if you were really good on your diet and you worked out and did everything you're supposed to do, what's a good amount of weight to lose in a week? And typically people will say, oh, you know, four pounds, five pounds. And I say, okay, what about a day? Like if you were really good, how much could you lose that day? And, you know, again, people throw out, oh, geez, you know, two pounds or maybe three pounds. And the example I give them is during my athletic career, I once lost 17 pounds in a 24-hour period. Wow. And so I, and I don't use that to say, Hey, look at me, look how great I am. I look at, say, I'm just a normal person, but applying this methodology is what allowed me to do that is to say, you know, and again, it's water weight. I didn't lose 17 pounds of fat in a day. That's not possible. Yeah. Um, but, but still people look at that and I'll, honestly, I'll tell you, Jackie, a lot of times when I mention that, when I'm speaking, I lose part of my audience because, and I've asked them afterwards, like, Hey, I kind of lost you partway through what happened. And literally what I'm told is, what I've been told several times is, when you said that, I knew that you were lying because that's not even possible. You can't lose 17 pounds in a day. So I lo you lost me because I, I didn't want to listen to anything else you had to say. And I'm like, no, honestly, it's documented. It's 100% it's the truth. But that's what I mean by your full potential. Who would have thought that losing 17 pounds in a day is even you know, even in the realm of possibility? Again, the average person would say in a day, oh, two or three pounds, right? So yep. gosh, if I said I lost 10 pounds in a day, you would think, holy crap, that's a lot. How could you lose 10 pounds? No, how about 17? And again, it's not to brag, it's to say, I'm a regular person and I was able to accomplish something like that that seems so completely out of the realm of possibility. And who knows, maybe I'm capable of losing 20 pounds in a day. I don't know. But the point being is, it's whatever you think your full potential is, you probably are just barely scratching the surface up to what you can achieve. And again, it doesn't have to be on losing weight. It could, you could apply this to anything. Um, and, and so getting back into that, I'll digress a little bit, but I wanted to be, you know, define that a little bit of your full potential, really, really stretching and, and, and putting yourself out there. So again, the S is start with yes. The second one is the M is to model expert behavior. More than likely, there's someone in whatever accomplishment you're trying to do has already accomplished a lot. You don't have to recreate the wheel here. So throughout my career, when I was learning how to cut weight for competitions, I, I read six books on cutting weight. And I reached out to the author of the book that I liked the most and actually became friends with him. I'm still friends with him to this day. But he had already 
already sort of mastered that art. So I don't need to try to figure this out on my own. Uh, I go to an expert and I model their behavior and, and learn from, learn from the best. Um, there's so many examples of that, um, that I could give you, but, um, in the interest of being uh, a little more concise, that's another, that's the second step. Very important. The third one is to create accountability. The A is accountability. And that one sounds really obvious, but, uh, just a couple quick examples of that is, you know, without, just going to your inner circle of friends and family and saying, Hey, make sure you hold me to this goal. That becomes awkward, especially if your friends and family know that you're maybe falling behind and maybe not uh, where you need to be. They don't want to make you feel bad about it or anything. What, one of the ways I would do that is to create accountability in my inner sphere is I would be very transparent about a goal. Uh, so for example, if I had a competition coming up, um, even when I was in the corporate world, someone might say, Hey, Ken, you know, do you have a competition coming up? Yes, I have world championships coming up in July. Oh, okay, well, what's your goal? And I would tell them what my goal was. And now, now I've created accountability because now the next time that person sees me, or at least after they see me after July, what are they going to do? They're going to ask me, likely, hey, didn't you have a competition? How did that go? So now there's accountability there. I don't want to let people down. And that's another thing I typically do when I talk on this topic, speak on this topic, is say, everyone who likes to let people down, raise your hand. Right? right. Because of course no one does, but that's how you create that accountability. The more people that know your goal, the more, uh, the more accountability you have to those people, because you don't want to have that awkward conversation. I don't want in August for that person to come up to me and say, how'd you do? And I say, I failed. I was terrible. I didn't accomplish my goal. Um, and so that accountability, you can create that without being so overt. Another quick way I'll let you know, and I actually have one in my office right now. I'm looking at it is I would get three by five index cards and I would write the goal in large, large letters or numbers. And I would put them in, in places that I see often. So for example, I, I would, I've got one right now that's staring at me. That's at the bottom of my monitor um, for, for a goal I have that I'm, I'm striving. I'm, I'm reaching towards. I also create another one and I put it on the mirror in uh, my bathroom above my sink. So every day when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm washing my face, I'm shaving, it's staring at me. I put one on the dashboard of my truck when I'm driving. So I'm constantly reminded and surrounded by this goal. I'm creating the personal accountability and constant reminders of what I am trying to do. So for example, I'll tell you, it works for me in this way that I'll be brushing my teeth in the morning and I'll catch that three by five index card. And while I'm brushing my teeth mindlessly, I now start thinking about what am I going to do today to get me closer to that goal? Because that goal might be something that's six months out, nine months out, it might be a year out. So how do you stay motivated and, and making sure that you're on the path to reach that goal? And then the last letter is the C. So the S-M-A-C, the C is, and I actually, I think I used it earlier, is consistent perseverance. I, used to, I like to use that term, consistent perseverance. And really what it is, is just the proverbial, get knocked down seven times, but you get up eight. There's a great quote by Babe Ruth um, that says uh, it's, it's impossible to beat someone who never gives up. And right. in a nutshell, that's what consistent perseverance is. The goal is you're, you're going, you, you know, it's not going to be as smooth as you probably think. There's going to be bumps in the road that you can't foresee, but you have to keep getting up. You have to keep moving forward. And, and usually what I tell people is, you know, especially on the, the, the example I used of the 17 pounds a day, most people say, well, gosh, Ken, there's no way I could do that. Well, more than likely you can. And, and the way I prove it to people is that you have this in you and you have more of your full potential that you are not tapping into is that think in your life, how many times you've really gone all in on something 
something. And when I say all in, I don't mean like, oh man, I'd really like to do this. I mean, you go all in. And for most people, if they're being completely honest with themselves, depending on your age, there's probably only one, two, maybe three times where you can really say that you went all in. You, there's no looking back. I will do this. And then what I ask people is how many of those, let's say three times that you went all in in your life, no matter what it was about, again, career, personal, athletic, doesn't matter. How many times were you not successful? And I don't even have to wait to hear the answer because I know if you literally went all in, you were successful. You accomplished that goal. Now, it may have taken you nine months and you were trying to do it six. Um, it may have taken you 22 steps when you thought it only would take you 12. But it, you used consistent perseverance and you got there. Because if you were truly all in, you were not going to stop until you achieved that goal. So that's how I try to portray to people that we are all capable of this. And you are all capable of so much more than you could ever even imagine um, as far as, you know, different things you can accomplish in your life. You know, the equivalent of whatever it is in your field or in your career or in your retirement or whatever it might be, you know, writing a book. I mean, whatever your goal is, you are definitely capable of much more than you probably think you are. So I guess uh, the key there then is when you're picking your goals, you've got to decide whether they're really worth it to you or not. Absolutely. Before you, before you make a make a decision to go for them, because if you aren't all in, chances are you're not going to get what you want. Yeah, and that's why the the first one is start with yes, and you that that is the absolute key. Because if you don't have your mindset right and you're not willing to go all in, then the, the likelihood that you're going to fall short is much higher. For of course. Right. Yeah. So I, I know uh, you've got a number of different uh, products that you um, have available for your clients and for anyone. Um, I see you've got a couple of books on Amazon, a couple of uh, bestsellers. And mm -hmm. you, uh, you mentioned in your uh, little intro um, beforehand that you've got a, a five-week online course. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I'll just make it brief. I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to be a salesy person or whatever. But, you know, if there's anyone out there that's a business owner, it is business owner focused. And uh, we go through five different topics that are critical to, to small business success. Um, things like uh, cash flow, things like revenue, uh, increasing your revenue, controlling your expenses without hurting your business, um, making sure that your pricing is very accurate and your pricing is profitable. Oftentimes, uh, business owners think that they are, you know, they're probably, oh, of course my pricing is great. And I've never worked with a business where we haven't been able to improve their pricing. And by improving their pricing, they improve their profitability. They can do the same amount of work, the same amount of volume and make more money um, just by improving that. And I, when I say improve, I don't mean, that doesn't mean just increasing your prices. Uh, it's not that simple. Um, but we cover topics like that. We cover a different topic every week. Um, there's a video that goes out, a professionally done video uh, done in the studio that's 60, 90 minutes. And then I also do a live session each week to talk through that week's topic and answer specific questions from each, uh, each person. So in a nutshell, that's, that's what that uh, five week course is. Okay, great. It's called, it's called pathway to profits. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And I'll make sure that uh, the links to all of these things are in the show notes so that uh, the uh, listeners can uh, check them all out. Um, I see you're on, pretty much every social uh, media platform. So I'll put the links for those in a, in the show notes as well. Um, and I would encourage everyone not, and this isn't uh, not necessarily just for me, but I put out content literally at least Monday through Friday on all the platforms. 
So follow me. You'll get a ton of free stuff. Um, and so hopefully I'll be able to help you whether you ever bought a book of mine or anything like that. I do a lot of videos, a lot of Facebook lives. Um, I take requests for videos as far as someone will say, Hey gosh, it'd be great if you could cover X, Y, and Z in a, in a, in a Facebook live. And then I'll, uh, I'll do that. But, um, tons of free content. So again, whether you ever bought a book or did anything, uh, financially with me, at least follow to be able to get, um, a lot of the free stuff and, um, and, you know, hopefully I'd be able to help you. Do you cover pretty much the same thing the same topics on every uh, platform or would we need to follow two or three different, uh, different platforms to get everything? Uh, no, there it's, it's basically the same stuff, uh, spread amongst, uh, the different, uh, the different platforms. So, and the main reason we do that is just, you know, depending on what your platform of preference is, preference preferred uh, platform. Um, Facebook is a big one though. Um, we've got a good bit of followers on Facebook on our Mr. Biz Solutions Facebook page. And so that's where I do, that's the base and source of all the Facebook lives, but we'll share them across the, the other platforms as well, just to make it as easy as possible for folks. And YouTube and, and all that good stuff. But, but yeah, definitely. And, and, and if there's anything out there that anyone with a topic, again, I, as I mentioned that you thought, think that might, I might be able to cover it. It'd be helpful for you. Certainly let me know. And we, you know, like I said, we, I try to put them down into, you know, four or five minute videos and, and quick and easily, easily digestible, but hopefully help folks. Great. And your website is mrbizsolutions.com. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, that's pretty much it for today. Um, just about out of time. Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, chat with me today. I, uh, I learned a lot. Well, good, Jackie. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm honored to be a guest. And I uh, will definitely be checking out uh, a few different uh, platforms. I spend some time on Facebook, so I will be going there. I try not to uh, sink down the rabbit hole too often, though, so I'll have to uh, put my timer on or I'll be there all day. definitely. Great, and thanks very much. All right, thanks, Jackie. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.